You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah youths. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, the Utes drop a heartbreak to Oregon State as they head into a bye week. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. What is up, Ute Nation? And Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. You, what do you want to talk about, Cam? Um, obviously, we're going to start with the quarterback play. Utah loses 21-7. to and is that what you call that quarterback play? <laughs> that was bad. Cam, that was, Cam, that was bad. I, I actually have been so excited for tonight to talk about your boy, baby, your boy. <laughs> okay, are, are you ready for this? I'll defend it. I can't wait. Yep. They didn't put him in good positions to be <laughs> successful. He never ran the ball. They never got him out in the out of the pocket. They didn't spread the offense. It's because I'm not th- sure there are good positions for him. <laughs> I think he thinks all his receivers are one foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got a foot fetish. <laughs> okay, I I say that, and honestly, guys, I really don't care who the quarterback is. Going forward, I just want to. I just want the offense to score more than seven points in six quarters. If Rising doesn't come back, it's not changing because Barnes is in a body cast. And I don't mean to be disrespectful because that was a nasty hit, and I hope he's okay. But he's not coming back. And that, and I mean, and Johnson was limping around the end of the game. So then you you've got all you've got's the yellow jersey guy. <laughs> Dude, this season is just awesome. <laughs> oh, no, so much high know, hope. We got Mac Howard. I say let's give Mac Howard a chance. True freshman. Isn't he from isn't he from Arkansas or Kentucky or one of those uh, southern uh, SEC states? Let's give him a shot. Let's see what he can do. Or you know what? Let's go with Brandon Rose. Doesn't matter if he's been cleared or not. Let's just let's just go. <laughs> okay. In all seriousness, though, with this quarterback play, and I, you know, I said they didn't help. The call playing was terrible, and I don't get how they. I mean, Oregon State just blitzed up the middle every single time, and there was no adjustments at all by Ludwig. Yeah, you know, I I don't really know what to think because obviously Ludwig knows what he's doing. And I think to an extent he's very limited in what he can play call with with Johnson, just Johnson's ability, maybe what he's picking up in practice, what he's showing them in practice, what he's what he's able to handle. But at the same time, I wonder, okay. If you're going to run him, why don't you run him on the edges? Why don't you get him out in space? Why don't you go five wide and run and draw up the middle? You know, there's I think there's some things that they could do that ultimately help Johnson because the, the thing that's not making any sense here, Johnson's greatest strength is his, is his, are his legs. And he's 
he's averaging 30 rushing yards a game. I mean, if that's his strength, yikes. I mean, he's he's less he's averaging under 100 yards passing a game. That could be by design given they don't have much behind him. I mean, well, I think when the, he got pulled he only had 3 rushing attempts. And I get it. I do and and Ryan, I, there's I think there's validity to that because yeah, if he gets injured then what, literally what are you doing? I mean, it is the Mac Howard show or it's the dude in the yellow jersey or Vaki. <laughs> or yeah, you just go straight straight maybe, wildcat with a defensive player. I mean, maybe, that's where we're at. Maybe bring back that guy who uh gave up his last year who was the walk-on during the COVID year that came on and won that game at Washington against Washington oh, State. Drew uh Drew Lisk. Drew Lisk. Yes, Drew yeah. Lisk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, things things are dire, guys. This we haven't been. I mean, we've us Ute fans. We know what it's like to struggle offensively. We know this feeling of inadequacy from the offense, but we have never had it this bad. It's bad. Do you know where we're? Do you know where we're ranked offensively in the country? I think we're third worst. We're not quite that bad. We're we're ranked 128th out of 133 teams. There's only five teams worse than us. That's it's ridiculous. Brutal. We in every major statistic offensively, we are ranked 11th in the conference. Nationally, I mean, we are so bad. Was Stanford ranked 12th? Yeah, yeah. Stanford's worse. The iPhone offense is still worse than this crap. (laughs) 153 yards a game passing. 143 yards rushing. Thanks, O-line. I mean, we're not even scoring 20 points a game anymore. I just... How did it how did it get this bad? I know we're missing a lot offensively. But we're we're really not missing anything on the O-line. Wide receivers are terrible. I mean I I honestly think Where do you go? Where do you go at this point? I don't know, but I wonder if and I'm not saying this is on purpose because I don't think that's the case, but I also think when you've got a bunch of guys, especially who returned from a championship team, who just aren't getting it done, I think a lot of it comes because they don't have trust that the quarterback can can do what he needs to do. There, Nothing changed with Money Parks. Nothing's changed with Yasmin. The O-line is very similar. Yes, you're missing your star quarterback. They don't like Nate Johnson. Is that what you're trying to say? No, I I don't think it has anything to do with liking him. I think they just don't believe that he can take him where they where they want to be. And <laughs> and they and they and they play like it. 
Faith without works is dead. There, I mean, <laughs> there, there's no works here, fellas. Do you know what this reminds me of? Is when Charlie Brewer was starting. Yeah. Remember yeah. how bad that was and guys just didn't play. They just didn't play. And the offense was so bad, they got beat up by San Diego State. They get run off the field against BYU. And it was like as soon as Rising got in, there was that leadership quality that held this offense together. I mean, Cam, that's our only saving grace, is that is that can happen again. But I'm not sure the entire team feels the same way about Cam Rising today as they did back then. I, and I'm not breaking any news here. I'm not. I'm not saying there's uh, there's turmoil here. I don't know. But let's just think about it for a minute. You've got a guy who is getting paid from all reports over a million dollars in NIL money, and you've got guys that have been going since spring through summer, conditioning, weightlifting practices. And they're just looking at Cam over there collecting his million bucks sitting on the sideline. You can't tell me that there's guys that are this is not creating issues with. Well, you just I, can't. I think Winningham even hinted that there might be some division in the locker room between the offense and the defense. Of course there is. The defense is playing lights out and they're getting no help. I mean, we joke about it. But in years past, early days of the Pac-12, where Utah's offense struggled, we never struggled this bad. When we were relying on the defense, the offense was not this bad. The offense was still able to run the ball. They were still Hayes able was to than this. I mean, it's it's borderline ridiculous. I mean, can't or Kyle Whittingham and Ludwig both said, "Hey, you know that they've been planning." without without cam rising since basically the rose bowl so if that's if that's legitimate this is the best you've come up with since last off season i think that's my biggest disappointment is i don't expect that you know these three and four string players to be playing as well as a first team player right now but they don't even look like they Honestly, they belong in a D1 program. And that a lot of that, to me, is well, coaching. Look, the, it's one thing to lose, right? It's another thing to be embarrassed. That was probably the most embarrassing game that Utah has played in a long, long time. Maybe even the worst in the Pac-12. I mean, heck, we're a top-10 team, and that was the performance you put up. I mean, it was borderline. I mean, it was silly how bad it was. The offensive line can't block. They can't create much in the run game. Nobody can catch a ball. Nobody can seem to throw a ball. I mean, it's, yes, Nate Johnson's not ready, but you're telling me this is this is the best we can do from a talent perspective, from yeah, a scheme perspective? None of us know how good Brandon Rose is. Is or will be, but well, we know he's pretty, better than what we've seen because it's he was clear number that two. They put all their their eggs in the rose basket, and that blew up when they made him live in fall camp. 
I wouldn't put too much stock into him being number two. Well, I, I'm, not I saying only he's, I, I'm not saying he's a future Hall of Famer. I'm just saying he has to be better. He, I by, honestly, what I have heard is that he barely made, barely made a couple more plays and was designated two, and then got injured. And there wasn't that much separation between him and the other two guys. Well, all we've seen of him really is spring ball, and dude was awesome in the spring game. You com- you compare him in the spring game to what we're seeing now, and that's it's night and day difference. Okay, well let's let's roll with let's roll with he's not that much better than Barnes or Johnson. Then that's on the coaches for not recruiting talent behind rising. Because they knew rising very likely would not be ready the first few weeks of the season. So they're going with a bunch of guys that can't play the game. Well, from one perspective, the idea is, well, why didn't they go get a a portal guy? But realistically, who would you, who would you, who would have come here with a chance of, rising playing and being healthy because no, no let's, one let's not forget every everybody was talking about rising will be ready for the florida game right no nobody was saying oh it's not going to be in del cal no it was it was florida game worst case scenario ucla now we blow past two games of that and i mean Again, we've got rumors that now now he's ready to go. Is it his doctor? Is it his agent? Um, who knows where, where, the, where the truth really lies here? The fact is, you wouldn't, have gotten, you wouldn't have gotten anybody of significance to come play here right now. Now, I will say, after this year, you'd probably go get a real good guy because they know they got a real good chance to start next year. After what we put out on the uh, on film so far this year, well, yeah, but, I mean, you you get go get some experience, and then you got Isaac Wilson. I mean, the the it's wide open for yeah, next year, completely wide open. Well, I mean, but there's also a rumor that Wilson will not basically he will not be playing next year due to his knee injury. Apparently, he's got a he's got a he got a knee surgery so he could keep playing a senior year, but as soon as this year's over, he's got to go in for a bigger surgery on his knee. And uh, why does he just not? Why does he just not shut it down this year then? Well, hey, kid, kid wants to win a state title, probably. Utah's more but, important than Corner Canyon. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss, but it's it's bad guys and. And look what's coming. You th- you thought Oregon State was bad when 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 you've got no offense to counter Washington or USC or heck Oregon, it could get real bad. And as good as their defense is, the defense is going to break eventually. When they get no help, everything is on their shoulders. They're on the field as much as they are. They're gonna break. There's, they just can't. They need help, and that's why I think that division, the rumors of division are coming, right? Because when they're out there doing their job, taking pride in their job, and that's that's that's, that's the biggest thing that gets that irks me about this. As you watch a Utah defense, 
you see the players that play defense have pride in what they're doing. They know there's a reputation to uphold. They know what what their job is, and they are determined to do it. You don't see that offensively. You don't see offensive players playing with pride like the defense does. Like the U.S. Ryder Cup team versus Europe. It's just, it's it's so frustrating. It's like, why can't we figure this out? You know, and Ludwig, that's what I understand. Ludwig, this this isn't new to him. I mean, and and he always talks about, I he always is talking about adapting his offense to the talent that he has. And it's like, yeah, I get it. We're missing some players, and the talent level has dropped. But <laughs> let's get some adapting here going because this is this is this is ridiculous. But even if you get rising back against Cal. You're still going to be without JJ. He's got he's out a month, right? Or at least that's what that's what they said. Yeah, yeah, that's Who what knows? I'm, I'm not believing anything at this point. No, nothing coming out. Nothing coming out's true. So I don't know. JJ may not even have legs anymore. For all we know. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Jackson and the running attack, nothing there. Uh, Utah rushed as a team for 57 yards, and, and granted, a lot of that was was sacks and and whatnot taken away from it. Jalen Glover, 58 yards. Nothing. What are, what are your guys' thoughts on What are your guys' thoughts on Jalen? He definitely hasn't shown what I think we all expected. No, I mean being and and being right the like the MVP. In Florida, um, you know, he was the Florida Player of the Year. Yeah, I and mean, a lot of publications had him as the best uh, running back, best recruit coming out of Florida his senior year. It just it hasn't translated yet, and I don't know if he right now. I don't know if he has shown that he can be the number one back. I think he can be a very good second second back or third back. I don't know if he's ready to carry the offensive load and I kind of showed in Oregon state to me. It's clear. He's not, I mean, he's, he was third behind a guy who played quarterback till game three last year. I mean, <laughs> that, and that's no disrespect to Jaquindon Jackson because he, he's athletic and is and obviously been a great, great transition into running back. But yeah, I don't, he just hasn't panned out yet. I mean, the the interesting thing is not a lot of running backs have had success as freshmen at Utah. I mean, outside of, you know, Zach Moss, he wasn't great early. He got he got some carries kind of in that second um, as a second back, you know, late late in that freshman year. And he had some moments, but he wasn't great. Ty Jordan, obviously, we all know what Ty Jordan did very early. But there's not a lot of guys who just come in and can take over and and play the running back position from a pass protection, um, from you know just a pro, an overall production level um, early on. But again, this is his second year, so I kind of thought we'd see a little bit more progress. But I'm a I guess my biggest surprise with him is he doesn't seem to break many tackles. And and if you look at JJ, I think that's one of JJ's strengths. Is JJ's got better speed, 
And for for being quite a bit taller, I feel like he's got better balance. I mean, he doesn't go down on the first contact, and he's he can spin off of guys. He can make guys miss. And I kind of feel like that's what's, you know, I'm just surprised we're not seeing that from Jalen. Now, he did have a couple of really good runs in that game. Um, but we need, man, we need more, especially Vincent's now, now is out. Um, my guy, John Stanley, apparently dressed but never saw the field. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know where we go from quarterback position. I don't know where we go running back. Well, I mean, you even mentioned Chris Curry. He got a few carries, uh, got, but didn't he had do anything. Two carries. He he kind of looks like he's been on the Tavion Twinkie plan. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I can't fault the guy. He's been injured a lot, and it's probably hard to stay in shape, but. He 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 definitely is a bit. He's kind of a big back. All right, we're up against a break. When we come back, let's talk wide receivers. Oh goody! All right, so Utah wide receivers come away with thirteen receptions. I'm. I'm kind of puzzled with this. Do you think the majority of the issues were on the quarterbacks or the receivers dropping? Or well, both? The, the wide receivers had five drops in the game, which is, uh, if I remember reading correctly, that was the most drops they've had in the game in like five plus years. So that's not good. But I will say they weren't getting a lot of help from Nate. I mean, they had balls flying over their heads, behind them, at their at their toenails. I mean, it it was not it was not good. And then when and then when they you know a ball was delivered fairly accurately, they weren't doing they weren't showing much. Well, I mean, even if they were catching it, some of them well, they had to leap in the air and they were just getting hammered as they came down. So they just. There was no opportunity to get any additional yards uh, if there was a catch. So, other than the one, the the, the short touchdown that got called back for a false start. Which you know, hands hands did a breakdown of that. Dude was it was not a false start. All he did was it, move his hand. But he moved his hand as he was getting set. Because he was looking at back at the quarterback to see when it, looking for the signal to snap the ball. That was that was a pretty borderline. I'll tell you what, Pac-12. I I am so done with Pac-12 officiating. What they call, what they don't call, makes no sense. There's no plan from from crew to crew. It is it's so different, but it's all bad. It's just bad in different ways from crew to crew. <laughs> Agree. Good thing the Big Ten. Good thing the Big Ten is is hiring them. Oh heavens! See, it's it's always fun to sit here and play the what if game. But if that touchdown goes, you're, you're looking at fourteen fourteen minus that fourth down play that they scored on. And we would have doubled our offensive pr- uh, production right there. <laughs> But I, I, when we talk about, I mean, I know we're talking about receiving, but 
I kind of also wonder why you don't utilize Mikey Matthews and Money Park speed in the running game. There's no fly sweeps. There's no, I mean, there's nothing like that. Let let their speed, let them get to the edge. If they're if they're putting eight or nine guys in the box and you're continuing to run up the middle with no success, change it up. Go outside. Use the speed guys. That's not, I don't get why they don't spread it. They just, they do not spread the field right now. Yeah. All right, I'm going through this. Emery Simmons, thank you, but no thank you. Move on. Um, Landon King's got a bright future. Money Parks is Jekyll and Hyde. Mikey Matthews has even been a bit Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, we haven't gotten Devon Vele really going this year. Thomas Yasmin. I mean... I don't know. I I have not been this down about a, a unit on offense or defense. You know, I feel like in a long time, guys. I feel like this is. I feel like this is the absolute dumps. I I, I think maybe it, it's hurting more than maybe usual is because they're coming off back to back conference championship seasons. And this season was set up to be so promising so far. And I know it's only one loss. Oh, of course. It's I only mean, one of loss. Of course, it has a, a lot to do with it. Yes, it is one loss. But when you see what we've got and what we're dealing with and the upcoming schedule, I mean, the losses could pile up. I mean, we could be struggling to get to a seven-win season. We really could. If, if we don't get rising back... I mean, we, we may be struggling to, um, for bull eligibility. Arizona, they just took it to, to Washington. Washington was very lucky to win that game. They, they held uh, Penix. No passing touchdowns. Incredible. We know what, we're, what we got against Oregon. Oregon, Washington, and USC have three of the best offenses in the country. Can and our defense, with no help, keep holding up? And two of I mean, those are on the road. Oh, yeah. Well, Arizona's on the road. <laughs> Arizona's on the road, yep. I mean, so it's like... And there's there's no guarantee you beat Cal or Arizona State with the, with the quarterback play we've got right now. Or Colorado. No, and, and contrary yeah. to what Oregon State fans are saying online... Oregon State's not that good, guys. I mean, no. they're 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 a decent team, but it's not like they're some juggernaut. I mean, they're good defensively, but offensively, they didn't do much. They didn't do much, and they're and I, I'm sorry, they're with all the hype around DJU. He he's average. Yeah, he, he is. He put some pressure on him, and he'll he'll throw up a pick just like he did to Bishop. I mean, I th- I think. I mean, Utah still held uh, defensively. They still held Oregon State to uh, nine points under their average. Um, and that last touchdown that was on the fourth and one, I I don't know. I have a hard time putting that on the defense because of how bad they the, the, the offense is. The defense has to take some chances. They well, knew this is fourth and one. We have to get them off the field. And and it was it was a great play call by Oregon State to. Fake it inside, go outside, 
and uh, not only pick up the first down, but obviously it goes for goes goes for six. But you know, I just I don't really put that on the defense. Yeah, was that unfortunate? Was our corner play great? No, it wasn't. But they still only gave up 21 points with literally no help with being on the field for so much of that game. Well, and they held Oregon State over 100 yards under their average so far this season. Yeah, I mean, the defense isn't why we're losing. No. And that, that, I mean, you could argue that was the worst defensive performance of the season so far. And guess what? It was still pretty dang good. It was good. And, and honestly, their touchdowns, they just kind of came on fluke. One big mistake. And and Oregon State was able to capitalize it, right? Whether whether it's a uh, Brown or uh, Broughton taking a terrible tackle, Broughton diving it, it almost looked like Broughton was diving for Nate Johnson's passes out there. <laughs> I mean, he's just diving at ankles and coming up with nothing. It, it's definitely rough going forward, and you know I've said this on on the podcast before. It's definitely a marathon. It's not a sprint. But it does not look good for the Utes. Well, good news is we do have a world-class sprinter. We're just not allowing him to sprint. <laughs> your, your boy Stanley? No, Nate Johnson. Oh. <laughs> you know, the guy the guy who has the ball every snap? Yeah, no. Hey, what you do well, don't do it. Is, I, okay, I have been thinking about that. Do you think... It's the coaching staff pulling Nate back from running, or is it Nate trying to prove that he can throw? I don't know. That's a good question, and it could be a combo. It could be the coaches saying, no, don't take off. But that doesn't make sense. I mean, that was what made Rising so special. And when you've got a, co- when you've got a quarterback who's struggling in the passing game, why would you not say, hey, go pick up 10, 15 yards with your legs when that's your strength? So if, if – if, if the coaches are telling him not to, I think that's a huge mistake. And if Nate Johnson is on his own saying, no, I want to prove to people, well, you may be proving people that you're headed to uh, Winnicaca Community College because the way you're playing, it's not going to give you many opportunities. Well, and I think we kind of talked about this, I don't know if it was last week or the week prior, kind of um, Khalil Tate from Arizona wasn't the best thrower in the conference, but he was a very good runner and he used his legs to kind of open up some passing plays. And I wish that's what they would do with Johnson more. Get him out, out of the pocket, rolling, let he use his strengths to kind of move this offense forward. Well, if we, if we haven't done it now, are we going to do it? Even on zone read plays, he doesn't keep it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he never keeps it. You know, and now, now I will say to Nate Johnson's defense, Kyle Winningham has even said this himself that that um, Cam Rising is getting half, you know, half the reps in, in practice. So if that's the case, I think that that's the coaching staff saying, I mean, they're doing a disservice to Nate. Here's a young kid who probably needs every absolute rep possible to get his confidence, to get an understanding of the of uh, of the offense, and just to get more comfortable out there. 
and you're only giving him half the reps, but then saying, all right, game time, go, go, go win us a game. I mean, what are we doing? I, I just, I just think from a, from a offensive perspective, I don't think coaching or players have shown all that much this year. It's interesting though when you when you think about that what you just said. So they've been given him they've been given rising half the reps for what the last three weeks, at least the last two. Yeah. It it could be more. I don't know. So to me that almost says that he's so close to coming back that almost like they're planning on it. And then at the last minute, the doctor or somebody says, eh, not this week. If, if I, I mean, honestly, if, if you were the coach and you were 80% sure that this is the week the rising is going to play, you'd give him most of the reps, wouldn't you? And then someone pulls the, pulls the rug out at the last minute every week. Yeah, but at some point, aren't you going to go to this doctor and be like, whoa, dude, like, we're not going to keep playing this game. Oh, either yeah. T- I mean, you're either tell, yeah, either you, you have tell to. me when he's cleared or, you know, we've got to go a different direction. Because Kyle Winningham and Andy Ludwig just can't keep playing this game for the rest of the season. Either, either, either you're coming back and we know you're coming back or we got to move on. Yeah. Well, I think that's why I said last week, if Cam Rising doesn't play against Cal, I think you shut him down the rest of the year. I, I honestly, I do not see a point in bringing him back at USC, Oregon, Arizona State, at Washington. Like, you got to just pick a decision for your offense and move forward with it if you want any sort of success this season. And success potentially could just be make a bowl game. Now... I think in the last podcast, I agreed with you on that. I think I've kind of changed my mind. And and I would say play Nate if you think Nate's your future. Is Nate, is Nate our future? Based on what we've seen, I certainly hope not. I just, I don't, I'm not so sure he is. And I know he's young and I'm not I'm not giving up on him. I know he can improve. But I mean, there was a couple of times where it's third down, one was actually on fourth down, and he's scrambling, and his effort to get a first down, didn't get either of them, was not all that great. No. You know, and I'm thinking, man, this is your opportunity. Why are you not selling out to get that first down? And I mean, it's just little things like that. You know, if you saw him, if and he's he's making those plays and he's he's a little more productive in the passing game and he was you know doing more in the running game, I'd say, man, all right, more reps, this kid's got it. But I'm just not sure. And Grant, it's not my decision, nor am I qualified to make the decision. But I I'm not sure he's our future. I mean, I have to agree with that, everything we've seen. And, I mean, especially coming out of fall camp, they were put rows ahead of him. They are continuing to recruit quarterbacks like an Isaac Wilson uh, into the program. And you know they're going to see what's in the transfer portal. I mean, you have to. At the quarterback position this offseason, you have to see what's in the transfer portal. 
And so I, I, I mean, I agree to on a point that, yeah, Johnson right now, today, probably isn't your future. But I still think just as an offense trying to build something for this season, that's where I'm thinking we can't play this. You can't play this this game with rising every week where you're splitting first team reps. He goes out, does warm ups, and then it's oh, I'm not playing. To me, you well, you, you got to know who your leader is. You got to know who your starting quarterback is week in and week out. And this kind of dog and pony show, I'm over it, guys. Well, and the whole morale, I know we've already talked about that, but when the whole team watches Cam get half the reps all all week in practice and then doesn't play, I mean, they're going to be sitting back going, dude, what are we doing? Well, that's partly why I think they look uninterested or demoralized when they're out there playing. That's why they're not catching passes. They're not blocking. Uh, It's just... Yeah, I, 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 th- I think that's part of it. I think they're just like, oh, here we go again. We're not going to score any points. But but can Cam can simply Cam's presence change that? I guess we'll find out if he plays. I mean, his his talent and his abilities are head and shoulders above what we've seen so far. Now, now does the team? Buy in when he comes back, and but if but if Cam is not mobile, he's not the same Cam, which which means is he gonna he he's probably not gonna be as effective. Now he's, <laughs> I'm sure he will be a significant upgrade from what we've had, but is he is he gonna be good enough where all of a sudden we go from averaging 19 points a game and next thing we know, he's got us over 40 a game. I mean that's that's where I'm kind of looking at things going. Yes, it'll increase, but will his will him playing increase the offense enough to really compete with the upcoming schedule? I mean, I guess the only thing that gives me hope about that is I mean what we we talked about at the beginning towards the beginning of this episode is it it happened it happened once before with with Charlie Brewer. I think that's the only thing as a fan base, as maybe as a team you can hope for is guys buying back in to his player playing of style, his leadership that they did when he came off the bench last time. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This is pretty doom and gloom. Let's talk about some, let's talk about the side of the, Debbie Downer over here. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah, you're right. Just looking for the looking for negative and everything. Hey, I, I still think Utah has a chance. A chance for what? A chance for what? I think Utah still has a chance for the Pac-12 championship game. I know Scott doesn't has no do you, hope do in you, it. Do you really? Do you really? If you had to put money on it today, hey, the odds, the odds, I mean, the payout would be awesome if you put money on that today. No, it. it honestly, I, I think that's why I'm very disappointed is because this is a game you just cannot afford to lose. With USC, Oregon, and Washington all on your schedule, you could not afford to lose Oregon State. Moving forward. You know, I just, I mean, you look at you look at the upcoming schedule, right? Whether it's Oregon, whether it's Washington, whether it's USC, one of those teams is 
is he probably either going undefeated or or at worst probably only one loss. I would venture. Um, I, I think that's probably going to end up being Washington. Oregon, Oregon's got a shot as well. I think USC is going to lose one or two games. Um, their defense is that bad. But you look at Washington State. I mean, I, I just think the way they're playing, they could be. The, I think they have a legit shot to kind of be a dark horse to get in that Pac-12 title game with with one of the big three that everybody else is talking about right now. I think one thing we're we haven't talked about, and I think that's worth talking about because we've seen we've seen it proven many times in Witt's career is he seems to find a way to rally the team when they when their backs are against the wall. Now I think part of that we're gonna have to get some guys back healthy and playing to be able to compete, but he's he's got a way and he's proven it over the years to get to get this team where they need to be. So that is probably worth considering. And like I said, you know, football season, it is a marathon, so you never know what happens. USC, Oregon, Washington still all have to play each other, and hopefully they can kind of beat each other up, and Utah's still right in it. Uh, you know, trying to get ahead of ourselves, talking about Las Vegas and the Pac-12 championship game, going back to this game against Oregon State, uh, kind of hit on it, but honestly, the, the defense... You, there were a couple mistakes, but honestly, like... They played well enough to win. Nothing the defense did really prevented Utah from winning this game. It was strictly on the offense. Cole Bishop with another pick, but a huge loss to the offense. Logan Fano tearing his ACL. That's not good, guys. And honestly, he was really coming into his own. That that sucks, guys. I'm that one really hurts. It does hurt. That is really too bad for him because you're still you're still missing Fillinger, O'Toole. Now maybe you get those guys back and it kind of fills that that vacancy. But you're right. I mean he he's been playing extremely well from the get go. Yeah, it's. I mean it's an absolute bummer. A young kid who's off to a great start. You know, kind of anchoring that side of the defensive line and. To do it on a sack of all, I mean, it's just, I mean, that if that's not the most Ute luck of the 2023, I don't know what is. It it's was, absolutely a bummer. It was kind of a weird sack, though. <laughs> he kind of, like, clotheslined him a little bit. Yeah, no, I think the close. angle he was coming in at and uh, just kind of grabbed, grabbed those shoulder pads, threw him down, and that knee kind of just got caught in a weird angle and kind of buckled and... Yeah, it's a, definitely unfortunate, especially this is his second one. And uh, I don't know if it's to the same knee he did previously or if this is the other knee, but it's just, you know, when, when stuff like that happens, not only is it so much work for, for these guys to get back to their normal self, but then it's like, like you always just kind of wonder, are they ever going to, you know, get to the point where, you know, They've just got they've got healthy knees and or you know is this always going to be in the back of their mind? I mean it's just so unfortunate. What like two plays later his brother goes down, 
um, gets rolled up on. Um, luckily, he did come back into the game, and it sounds like he's going to be fine. But, uh, um, man, it's just – it's it's crazy what's happening yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, as far as defense goes, honestly, the regular stands out standouts for the Utes. Vaki getting it done on both sides of the ball. I love him at that Wildcat. Maybe do it a little bit more. Bishop, as I as I mentioned with the interception, and then Ellis. Ellis is just dominating, plain and simple. He another week he's getting conference awards. For I think for well, me that's I, actually the biggest surprise. No, I mean I thought he was good coming in, but he's really come into his own and turned into a great player this season. I mean, leading the country, you know, five weeks into the season is super impressive. Uh, uh, but I think that I think that's what's disappointing is you you have what Ellis is doing right now defensively, and teams are going to start they're going to start giving him extra attention on that side of the ball or excuse me, on that side of the line, which really would then mean Fano and the other side are going to have more one-on-ones and more opportunities to shine. And so now you, 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 you lose him, and that's kind of – that's an even bigger bummer. Now, granted, Connor O'Toole, you know, hopefully he's coming back this year. Who knows? The fact that we're five weeks in and he's still in no-go, uh, who knows? But if, if he can come back and be somewhat ready to go – you know, hopefully he can step into that spot. But Ellis is definitely going to get some more attention from offensive lines, tight ends, running backs. From uh, you know, they're just not going to allow him to do one on one and keep manhandling these these uh, tackles. I think we've talked about this in previous episodes. If there's any weakness, it's a little bit on on uh, the corners. A, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, Ooh, that was rough. Just, it, it was. They rough. just seem to be. It, it's kind of strange to be this deep into the season, and there still seems to be some communication errors on what kind of coverage they're running. Because you see, I want to say Teo Johnson went and double covered some guy streaking and left the underneath <laughs> the underneath guy wide open for the first down catch. So. Yeah, that was that was interesting. And I mean, to an extent, you know, I'm almost willing to give Teo a bit of a, uh, you know, a leash on this because he's playing safety for the second time ever. And, uh, you know, he's probably still learning that and and uh, trying to get his assignments down. But I mean, Broughton's been in the program for it feels like a decade and. Now I will say Broughton. I think I think Broughton had been pretty good early on in the season. That game was not good. No. Single-handedly gave up a touchdown and gave up some other big plays, chunk yardage. You know he's getting beat. His tackling was poor. Um, on that first drive, on third down, if he makes that tackle, I mean they're punting and there's no they're not putting up seven points. You know. Um, so as good as the defense played, just a few little things here and there really could have shut those guys down. Um, and and you're looking at maybe seven to fourteen points for them total. And so it, uh, I don't know, but the corner position, even even Vaughn, who the last year and a half to two years has been kind of lights out, 
he's getting picked on. And I don't know why, but it, it doesn't seem like he can stay with anybody. One of them, Mariah, we, we noticed he had his eyes in the backfield and mm-hmm. let a guy run right past him because um, I think he was expecting something different. It just kind of goes back to, man, do your job, right? Don't, don't go outside. Yes, sometimes when you go outside, you can make a spectacular play, but oftentimes you're, gonna, you're, you're letting your teammates down and a big play happens. And so it's just, I don't know, Sharif Shah kind of has his work cut out with, uh, with uh, the corners because Miles Battle, just by default, he ended up being the best uh, corner in that game. And it was just because nobody was throwing at him very much. <laughs> I wonder how much it has to do with the last couple of years. They had Jalen Johnson there and then Clark Phillips. They don't have an NFL type corner right now. And I'm just curious if maybe that's why it's more of a blaring issue than in years past. Because really the last couple of years, they've been able to lock down one side of the ball or one side of the field completely. For sure. Now both sides are, are, I seem to be quite open. Um, and, and so I'm curious if that's kind of, maybe that's why it's kind of blaring or kind of seems a little bit more, um, worse than in years past. Yeah, you're probably right. And, and we know Whittingham and, and Scally, their defense, they, they trust their corners to be alone out there. Like one-on-one, like this is your guy, you've got to do your job because the defense is schemed to just you know stop the run and other things and those those guys are out there all by themselves a lot of the time yeah and when you have Valky and bishop playing so close to the line too that kind of opens up things downfield for the offense um and and what we mentioned like dj 14 to 25 not great but it's going to be interesting when they go off go against like a Penix or they go off Caleb Williams again, or even a Bo Nix out of Oregon, those types of guys probably going to make much better decisions and throws than what we saw out of DJ. No, absolutely. But I mean, overall, you know what they're doing. We're, we're, we're top, we're top uh, five in the country in uh, rush defense overall we're still 15th in the country in, in total defense so even though even though we're, we're, we're giving up some plays in the passing game um, you know the defense is still playing oh. at, at a high level I mean we're, we're first in the co- in the conference in uh, rush defense we're fourth in pass defense um, lead lead the conference in sacks and and uh, so I mean we're doing some good things and the defense is really good. But it just goes back to that they need help, right? I think, I think this defense could be spectacular if they had an, the offense to go with it and give them some rest, not put so much pressure on them. But it's just, I mean, it is what it is, and they're, they're only going to be able to, to last so long. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's really hard to be critical of this defense. They're not going to be perfect, but they're pretty dang good. No, I 100% agree. I think – at times, maybe we're just getting a little nitpicky with them, and that's just because the offense is so bad right now. I mean, you limit a team on the road to 21 points. That should win you every single ball game, pretty much. Yeah, it should. Especially in this conference. Or at least, 
or at least uh, allow you to be in it in the final minutes, right? They held Oregon State on third downs four of fifteen. Utah's Utah's been great on third downs all year. They're getting. I mean, they're getting. They're, they're getting off the field and giving the offense a chance, but. I mean, that, that that pick by Barnes, I mean, it was first and goal from the five, and we get no points out of it. You know, I mean, there were so many. I mean, you, you look at that possession, and then you look at the possession that should have scored earlier in the game on third and two that was called back, that pass to Landon King down the sideline. I mean, that that's really that, – that should have been 14 points between those two. Now, now you've got a tie game, and, and and it's a much different ball game defensively at that point. It's a much different. All of a sudden, your 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 offense has a little bit of confidence. So it's just kind of those mental mistakes that are just. I mean, Kyle Whittingham, he got a lot of airtime, and he looked awful. <laughs> Partly because he got rolled over, but. Uh... But yes, no, he, but I mean, he looked he, just, he looked miserable. He looked miserable. He was frustrated. The faces he was making. I mean, this is this has got to be hard on the coaching staff. Um, just obviously, they're 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 pouring their soul into this to try and fix it and and get things going, which is just as good of a staff as this has been historically. That's what's so surprising is that this is what we're getting. Well, I say they get a win this week. <laughs> well can't lose baby can't lose maybe the bye week did come at a good time certainly did and hopefully they can get a lot of these boys back for cal and i mean it, it sure it sure sounds like rising will be back for the cal game but as we've learned <laughs> don't count on it <laughs> if it happens great and now, if it happens, it'll be at, what, 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon? <laughs> Sweet on the Pac-12 Network. Looking forward to that bad, bad boy. Let's just hope he can stay healthy, because if he goes down, we'll be right back to what we're talking about now. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty crazy. If you really think about it, Rising has one good leg. Um, Rose has a lacerated liver. Uh, Barnes has a broken sternum <laughs> and Nate Johnson is really a slot receiver. I mean, it, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. The luck that this team has had. And I know, I know people outside the Utah fan base, they're getting sick of hearing, Oh, it's injuries. It's injuries, but it's legit. There's not a lot of teams out there that would be thriving with their top two quarterbacks out, their top running back out, their top receiving target out. I mean, it's, well, I it's even, even it's, all that. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty hard. Don't get me for wrong. For sure, but, it is. It, but even if you look at it like Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, if they were playing their four string quarterback, would they be as good as they are? Of course not. No, I mean no. Even these blue blood teams, they're they're four string quarterbacks. There's a reason they're four string. At no no matter what school they play for. Remember how remember how the fan base was so critical that Barnes was getting the start over over Johnson in the Florida game? And the fan base was about ready to lose their mind. What is Whittingham doing? Why does he always do this? 
Well, I think it's pretty clear that the coaching staff had reason for Barnes over Johnson. Yeah. Well, even when when they pulled Johnson the other night, Barnes came in. They they moved the ball finally. Yeah. Didn't turn well, into, I mean, unfortunately, it didn't turn into points, but it was it, sh- it, it was something. Yeah. If he doesn't stare down his receiver. Well, but even even the play before it, the, the the ball gets snapped and goes right through his legs, and it's what a eight yard loss. You know, it's first and first and five, first and goal from the five yard line. Now all of a sudden you're you're in second and long, and and I mean and it was third just and goal from the twenty two, and then that's turnover. Yeah, I mean it's just uh, it's just one thing after another, unfortunately. But um. But it is what it is. They gotta, they gotta figure it out. They, they, they don't really have any other options. They just have to. They gotta figure it out with what they got. All right, so that will do it for this episode. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. I think Ryan needs to go back. The, the offense has been cursed ever since Ryan started going with his new approach on his Twitter handle. You need to go back. You need to go back to the old way, Ryan. All right, here we go. You can find me at Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And Scott? And I'm glad that's all it took to fix our fix our Reverse world. the curse, baby! Uh, yeah, you can find me at uh, Uteman underscore forever. Uh, you can catch me at Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. You can, you can listen to us at our home, utahmanpodcast.com. And anywhere you listen to a podcast, we are there. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes will be till I die. Kai-yai. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.